Thank you, Dree. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, how good is it to be at youth on a Friday night? This is um, pretty exciting. My name is Laura, if you haven't met me before. And I just want to say that if tonight is your first time at youth, or if tonight is your 100th time here, it's great to have you here tonight. So we've been talking for the past few weeks about the different characteristics of God and what he is like and how we can bring some of these qualities into our everyday lives. Last week, well, last house party, Andrina spoke on service and how it's really important to engage in serving those around us and how service is part of the character of God and therefore it needs to be something that we also engage with. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about being passionate but gentle. I know, when I first looked at this topic, I have to admit, I had nothing. Zip. How can we be both passionate and gentle? How is God both passionate and gentle? Surely it was an oxymoron. How on earth did these two things go together? Yeah, I get being passionate and I get being gentle. But bringing the two together, let me tell you, it's been a journey. We're going to take a look tonight at what it means to be both passionate and gentle. What it looks like in your everyday life, going to school, hanging with your family and friends. And we're also going to look at how we can see those very characteristics in God. Buckle up, fam. Let's do this. All right. Who here has something that they're super passionate about? Football? Marvel movies? Disney? Maybe. They're almost the same thing. Shout them out. What are you passionate about? Let's hear it. What are you passionate about? Football. I agree. I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say I'm pretty passionate about cats. You know, most of us know that. But what about when we have a friend who is passionate about the same thing we are? It's a pretty great feeling, yeah? Or you introduce them to something new for the first time, whether it's a TV show or a game or something that you're really into. You introduce it to your friend and they just get it. And you're like, yes, they get me. They understand this. On the flip side, how many of us have introduced, very excitedly, our friend to something that we're really passionate about? We've told them it's the best movie ever, the best TV series ever, the best. And then they sit down and they watch it. And let's be honest, you're with them and you're watching them watching it. And you're not actually watching what's on the screen in front of you. And then their eyes glaze over and they seem really bored. And inside, you're screaming, this is the best, how are they not enjoying this? And afterwards, you're like, ah, so, what'd you think? And they respond, it's okay. Every part of you wants to jump up and down and shout, only okay? How can we even be friends if you don't like the same things I like? And that's okay because our friends are going to be passionate about different things. They're going to love cricket when you might hate it. 
They're going to dislike Marvel movies when you eagerly await every single one. Because while it's great to be passionate about different things, I'm mad about cats and my bestie is a dog person, we need to respect what one another are passionate about. But what exactly does it mean to be passionate? When we are passionate about something, we have strong, intense feelings or beliefs. These strong feelings may be linked to a hobby, a sporting team, friends or family, a pet or significant other. Hopefully, for some of us in this room, we are passionate about Jesus. What we need to remember is that people have different passions. We're not all the same. What I do want to share with you, however, is the fact that our God is a passionate God. Just for a moment, I want you to close your eyes. Thank you, close your eyes. Picture what you are most passionate about. If I'm honest, I'm picturing my cat Dinah right now. I'm sorry, Tim. All right, that's my husband. Now imagine giving it away. All right, open your eyes. That is a tiny fraction of the passion that God feels for us. It's not easy to think about it. In the Bible, it tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He loved us, you and me, so much that he gave his only son. God sent Jesus to save us. In Romans, which is another book in the Bible, 5.8, it tells us that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Now that is passion. While we were still messing up and doing the wrong thing, Jesus died on the cross for us. So where does gentleness come into the equation? When we think of gentleness, we might think of little lambs, clouds, soft, fluffy baby chicks. I want to redefine gentleness tonight. Gentleness means power under control. Let me say it again. Gentleness is power under control. Gentleness is a choice. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, gentleness is a choice. Gentleness is a choice. All right, let's bring it back. Gentleness. Gentleness, youth, can only be shown by people who are strong. It takes strength to show gentleness. Now, I love a good analogy. I don't know how many other people's brains like pictures. So I want you to imagine a glass door. Now, this door represents, you know, the relationship that might, the personal relationship that stands between us and what we want. Maybe what we want is a new computer game. Maybe what we want is to be allowed to stay out later on a Saturday night. Maybe you want to ask your sibling or a friend to borrow something. How we attempt to get through this door to get to what we want will determine the outcome. So think about this. If we're careless and we don't take into account the other person's feelings, we're still going to get through that door. We're still going to get what we want, but we're going to cause a lot of damage in the process. Gentleness is essential for maintaining healthy relationships. 
Attitudes that might break this glass door or cause damage in relationships are those of pride, selfishness, anger, and one I'm pretty sure we're all guilty of, careless words. We must be gentle with one another. We must choose to be gentle with one another. Okay, so how do we see this characteristic in God? Our God is a gentle God. We know that he is all-powerful, but the way he chooses to interact with us is gentleness. Let's take a look at a story in the Bible about a woman who was caught in adultery. The story can be found in John 8, 1 to 11. A woman had been caught in adultery. Basically, she was having sex with someone she wasn't married to, which was absolutely unthinkable in those times. This woman is dragged forcibly out into the street by the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of the time. They've decided to test Jesus to see what he would say about the woman. After all, what she had been caught doing was against the law. At those times, the laws were pretty cray. The law stated that the woman was to be put to death by stoning. So the Pharisees, they threw her in front of Jesus who was in the middle of teaching a large crowd, by the way. And after reminding Jesus of what the law said, and I like to imagine some very pointed glances and a bit of (coughs) (coughs) the Pharisees demanded that he take action. Jesus stopped. We're told that he bent in the ground and wrote in the dirt. He said to the crowd, let the person among you who has committed no wrongs, committed no sins. Let them throw the first stone at the woman. One by one, the crowd disappeared. Jesus then asked the woman, is there no one left to accuse you? She was pretty surprised. There was no one. Jesus told the woman that he didn't accuse her either and that she should go and sin no more. Jesus chose to respond in gentleness to the woman. He had the power to condemn her, and rather, he chose to to be gentle. We can see this further in the way in which God forgives us. He loves us and chooses gentleness rather than condemnation, even though we don't deserve it. Gentleness is a choice. It is power under control. In our everyday lives, we can choose to be gentle. Hear me when I say this does not mean that you need to be a pushover or a doormat. We need to learn to speak gently and we need to learn to take a stand with gentleness. The next time that someone annoys you, a friend, brother, sister, mum, dad, teacher, consider your words before responding. It is your choice how you respond. Sure, you can jump up and down, but really, what good is that going to do? Choose to respond in gentleness. The next time that you're on social media and you see an opinion you don't agree with, choose gentleness. By all means, we need to stand up for what we believe in, We absolutely need to take a stand, but we need to do this with gentleness. 
So what does this look like? We choose our words carefully. We respect each other's opinions. We remember the gentleness that God chooses to respond to us with, and we respond that way to others. We choose to be gentle. Remember, gentleness is power under control. It is knowing that we have other options, whether that's getting into an argument or yelling or acting a bit immaturely. We have other options, but we need to still choose gentleness. I'd like to wrap things up by reminding you guys of a couple of things. It is great to be passionate. Be passionate. Be passionate about your sports team, your favourite TV shows, your pets, your friends, your family. Be passionate. And speaking to those in this room who call themselves Christians, let's be passionate about bringing our friends to youth. And not just because youth is awesome, because it is. And not just because we do really cool stuff, because we do. And not just because we have an amazing youth band, because we do. But because we are passionate about our friends getting to know who Jesus is. Choose to be gentle with your words, your interactions, in those situations, and we all have them, where you really don't feel like being gentle you're tired, it's been a long week, you're hungry, you're upset, you've had a fight with a friend, choose to be gentle even when it hurts. Choose this because God chose to be gentle with us. God is passionate about us. Each and every person in this room, whether you call yourself a Christian here tonight or not, God is passionate about you. Whether this is your first night at youth, you might only make it here sometimes, or you're here every week, God is passionate about you. And by the way, so is our youth team. They're passionate about seeing the young people here grow into pretty amazing humans. If I've said something tonight that you have more questions about or that you didn't quite catch, make sure to chat with one of the youth team. They'd love to help you unpack this a bit more. And coming back to the beginning, I started by telling you guys that I really had trouble working through what it means to be passionate but gentle. And I've come to the conclusion that we need to be both. It's not so much passionate but gentle as it is passionate and gentle because our God isn't one or the other. He's both. We need to be both. We are called to be both. Thank you, guys.